So we're in this series. I'm going to talk about this a little bit today. We're in this series today that we've talked about for the last couple of weeks about we want to, as freely as you, freely as you have received, freely give. Jesus said that. So I, I'm calling it today, give what you got. We've got love. We've got grace. We've got the gospel. So we want to give away what we got. So we want to love one another, Jesus said, as I have loved you. I believe the Lord this year is causing us to focus on two things as a church. I think he wants us to focus on, sorry, it's driving me crazy. Uh, so let me get it worked out here. Okay. Still not right. Okay. Uh, I think he wants us to focus on two things. The Great Commission, which is telling people the good news of Jesus Christ, which I talked about a little bit last week. We need to be people who are sharing the gospel. Wouldn't it be great next year? If you look at the seat next to you and there's someone sitting next to you that you led to Christ this year, wouldn't that be fantastic? Wouldn't it be fantastic if all through this room there were people next year that you were able to share Christ with and they're sitting next to you in church because you were able to, to share the good news of Jesus Christ. And that happens, we talked about last week, it happens deliberately because we have to deliberately ask God to show us who we should be praying for. We need to be praying regularly for those people that God would open the door. Then when God opens the door, we need to know what to say. And we need to share the love of Christ and, let, and actually in reality trust God to do the work because God, God is the one who loves people more than we do. He wants to see people saved. He, I mean, this is why Jesus came, so people could be born again. So wouldn't it be great to just see, you know, literally hundreds of people that have come to Christ in the last year? Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Greg. Greg said amen. So, uh, so we want to focus on the great commission of sharing God's love with people and, and the new commandment. And the new commandment is, is love one another as I have loved you. It's, it's even more than love your neighbors yourself. Love your neighbors yourself is, you, you know, Jesus said, no, more than that, love one another as I have loved you. Love each other unselfishly, sacrificially. And this is a challenge because we're selfish people. Have you noticed that? So we want to we live by this new commandment. So today I'm going to talk about this new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all men will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. So we're going to talk about this new commandment. We're going to talk about these three things. Why we love, how we love, and what are the results of that love. I guess we could call this how to be a better lover. You know, how many, who wants to be a better lover? Some of you don't have any idea. Okay. So first, why do we love? Why do, why do we love? Well, it's very clear we love because he first loved us. First John 4, 10 says, in this is love. Not that we loved God. It's, it's not amazing that we love God. I mean, when we understand what he did for us, that Jesus came and died in our place and came to life again, ascended to the Father, sent us the Holy Spirit so that we could be in his eternal family. It's not amazing that we would love God, but you look at us and you think it's pretty amazing that God loves us. So it's not that we love God, but that God loved us. He loved us first. So that creates the capacity for us to love, but he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation. What is that? That's a big word. The word propitiation, we think about it. it's the full, complete, it is finished payment. When Jesus said it's finished on the cross, that's what he's saying. He's saying payment's Payment in full. Paid in full. Debt paid. He is the propitiation. He's the final payment for our sins. 
only because we've loved God. Now, and, and then God's loved us and given us the capacity to love Him, can we truly understand what love is like? I mean, we, we, we understand love because we've been loved. You know, know what you know what love is like? Because you've been loved. And real love is, is sacrificial. I mean, you have a baby, and uh, everybody loves babies, but my goodness, they're a lot of work. I mean, they start out painful, right? And then they get hungry, and the, they don't get hungry at convenient times. They get hungry in the middle of the night. And for some reason, I don't know what happens to men, they get deaf when children are born. Uh, but, but had we see love in act in action that's why we know what love is because we've seen it in action it's sacrificial uh, but because God loves us we have the capacity to love we love because he first loved us and we love because Jesus commands us to love so we love because he loves us so we understand what love is because he loved us and then Jesus commands us to love John 14 15 I, if you love me you'll keep my commandments and how many commandments did Jesus have well, really, there's really only two commandments. That is, not love God with all your heart, love your neighbor as yourself. That he said to the Jews. What he said to us was, believe in the one who came. He said, believe on me. The, the commandment is to believe in Jesus. And love as he loved. Believe in Jesus, love as he lived. Love. Okay, John 13, 34, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. John 15, 12, this is my commandment, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that one would lay down his life for his friends. John 15, 17, this I command you, that you love one another. So Jesus said clearly three times in the gospel of John, Jesus said, love one another as I have loved you. So I think uh, he means it. I think, you know, if Jesus said something three times this clearly, he's trying to say to us, hey, hey guys, love one another, not from your standard of love, not from even the love you've experienced, but love one another the way I have loved you, the way you have seen me lay down my life sacrificially for you, love one another as I have loved you. He commands us to do it. And if he commands us to do it, he enables us to do it. God's not going to tell you to do anything that you cannot do. So how do we do it? We don't do it out of our willpower. We don't do it out of doing better, trying harder. We don't do it out of our strength. But we do it out of the limitless power of the Holy Spirit that lives in us. How do, how do we live? How do we love people sacrificially? Well, it's, it's, it's difficult because we're selfish. So how do we love people that are so difficult to love? I think we do it by admitting that we're not good at it. I mean, how do you overcome a weakness? You have to say, I've got a weakness. God always works in our life through humility. So you come to God and you say, God, you know, I, I want to live unselfishly, but I, I'm struggling with it. Lord, I need help. So we ask the Lord for help. And when we ask the Lord for strength, the Bible's pretty clear. He gives it. When we say, Lord, I need help to overcome temptation, he says, okay, I'll help you. Lord, I need help to love my neighbor. Okay, I'll help you. He does that. He gives us the help we need. So Jesus, Jesus delivers, shows us, and he demands it. 
that we love. He commands it, and he is our commander. He's our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Secondly, how do we love? Well, I think, I think a good example of that is to look at 1 Corinthians uh, 13. You've all heard this. Love is patient. Love is kind. It's not jealous. Love doesn't brag. It's not arrogant. does not act unbecomingly. does not seek its own. It's not provoked. Doesn't, you know, which means it doesn't get angry. does not take into account a wrong suffered. does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. Bears all things. Believes all things. Hopes all things. Endures all things. Love never fails. Now, this is, a, this is a portion of Scripture that gets read at a lot of weddings. And uh, like it's this ooey-gooey, you know, passage of Scripture. This is not. This is hard. This is, and this is not one feeling. This is not how do you feel. A, this is like a feeling that you feel that you've never felt before. It must be love. It's either love or I've got the hives. I'm not sure which one it is. But I've got this feeling. And so that's, that's not how the, the Bible doesn't describe love that way. That's how the world describes love. I feel this way about you, so I love you. I feel that I want something from you, so I l- must love you. You know, I would really like to have sex with you. What, somebody said, what, what was that? I, like, somebody was surprised because like, oh, ah, they're like, ah, ah. <laughs> it's like, ah. he said sex. Uh, <laughs> I mean, is that, isn't that how it works? So I'm, I feel like I love you, but it's, that it's, it's not a feeling. In other words, what, I want something for me, so I'm going to tell you that I love you, but I don't love you. It, I love the feeling that I feel when I'm with you. But God calls it, it's, it's not that. It's not things that we feel. It's things that we do. We don't act unbecomingly. So how do we do that? I mean, how, how do we unselfishly live? Well, we, we, we ask the Lord to help us. And he, he tells us how we do it. 1 John 3.16. We know love by this. That he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and closes his heart against him, how does the love of God abide in him? Little children, let us not love with word or with tongue, but in deed and truth. We lay down our lives, and we Galatians. That's how we do it. We just, in words, we lay down our lives. Galatians 6.2. Bear one another's burdens and therefore fulfill the law of Christ. Galatians 5, 1. If you were, for you were called to freedom, brethren, only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Because we're free in Christ, we don't have to do anything to earn God's love. We already have it. So everything we do, like, we do it because we have God's love. Now, there's a lot of people who are doing things to earn God's love. And you can't tell the difference on the outside. You can be here today. You can be here today, sitting here in service today, thinking, Who? You really owe me big time, God, because I went to church. So you have to love me now. 
We feel like it earns us something. So that's not freedom, that's bondage. So Jesus came to set us free. He, he, didn't, came, he didn't come to give you a list of rules to follow. But what he came to do was to change your heart. So now you think, so I, I can either live to try to get love, or I can live because I'm loved. And one is in bondage and misery, and one is in freedom. And the person who's looking on the outside can't tell. Only you and God know. Because you're, you could be sitting here in absolute bondage and misery that you're here. But feeling like because you're here, God owes you. Or you can be here because I love Jesus. Oh man, I just love to be with God's people. I love to worship. Amen. I love being here. Amen. Yeah. See, it's and on the out, it looked, nobody can tell, only, only you and God know. But one is bondage and one is freedom. And God doesn't want you in bondage, he wants you in freedom. He doesn't want you trying to earn his love. Jesus paid the price Amen. so that you could walk in love. So that then, out of freedom, he says out of freedom, not out of ought, not out of should, although we ought to do it, we should do it, but out of the abundance of what God has done in our hearts, we lay down our lives for one another. What's the most precious resource you have? Time. I mean, really, what's the most precious resource you have? You. <laughs> you and your time. Money's not a replacement for you. Jesus never says, well, that's what I really wanted. Just send me a check. He says... Follow me. There was a young man who came to Jesus. He, they, the Bible calls him the rich young ruler. So he was rich. And he came to Jesus and he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, what are the, what are the commandments? He said, well, love God with all your heart. Love your neighbors yourself. And he said, well, I've, I've done that. Nailed it. So Jesus, realizing that he was not very self-aware, that he didn't realize that he had not nailed it. See, Jesus came and said to the Pharisees, he said, they said, what are you doing hanging out with all these sinners? And he said, well, I came for the sick. The well don't need a physician. Now what Jesus was saying to all of the Pharisees you don't realize how sick you are. These people, these tax collectors and prostitutes, these people know that they need a Savior, but you think you don't. You're the sickest of the bunch. You're the farthest from the kingdom of heaven. These people are closer to heaven. Prostitutes and tax collectors are going to get into heaven before you because you don't realize you're sick. And this rich young man didn't realize he was sick. He thought because he had tried to keep the law, that he had done a pretty good job. You know, have you ever talked to somebody and say, I never killed anybody? Well, great standard. That's a great standard. I never killed anybody. Well, I hope you get into heaven on that. You know, just think about it. So he says the rich young ruler. So Jesus says, well, I'll tell you what. Why don't you take all that you have 
sell it, give it to the poor, and come and follow me. He said, you know, you've been living your life trusting in your resources as your source, your money is your source, your inheritance is your source, your family is your source. Why not lay all of that down and quit trusting in money, quit trusting in stuff, and come and lay it all down and follow me. The Bible says that he went away sad because he had a lot of stuff. He had many possessions. He had stuff. He was not willing to put Jesus first. See, our love for Jesus, Jesus never said to him, to the rich and we well, listen, just send me a monthly check, would you? The, the, the ministry's going to be supported. What did he want? He wanted him. He wanted all of him. And our love for Christ, so the Bible says, love God with all your heart, love neighbor yourself. Jesus says, new commandment I give you, love one another as I have loved you. How do we do that? How do we love God? We love God by loving one another. How, how do we demonstrate the love of God? We demonstrate the love of God by how we love and serve one another. That's how we show that we love God by loving each other. I, here's what I found. If you're not serving, you're missing out. And you will be stunted in your spiritual growth. The best way to grow spiritually in the kingdom of God is to be a part of the kingdom. You are a member of the body of Christ. And if you will serve in the body of Christ, you'll find that it will help you grow. I've seen people through the years, I've seen people come to Christ who didn't know anything. They didn't know anything about the Bible. They, they didn't. And one particular lady stands out in my mind. She came to Christ. She didn't know anything. She immediately started teaching in the preschool department because it's easier to be smarter than a preschool person. So she, every week, is learning a story from the Bible that she can tell preschool kids. And she wasn't sitting in church on Sunday morning. She was teaching kids. So she wasn't sitting out here. She was herself teaching kids. And in that process, she grew exponentially because she was feeding herself so that she could feed those children. And so she grew in truth and doctrine and understanding. And the Lord, uh, the Lord used her greatly. We've got a lot of great volunteers like that. We've got a lot of, I mean, this whole thing runs on volunteers. That, that just sacrificially do a great job week after week after week. I mean, I, I said in the first service, Greg Dietz. Greg Dietz is our bass player. I know he's got, he's had back problems. He's had, he, he just keeps showing up, you know, faithful. Not only this, not only that, this is the second time he's heard this sermon today. He's suffering for Jesus, folks. <laughs> His reward's going to be great in heaven. He listens to the sermon more times than my wife does. <laughs> Zach Vansel. You may not even know who Zach Vansel is. Zach is our drummer. I don't know if you know about this. Zach is a fantastic drummer. 
last week he broke, he broke four drumsticks. He's a great drummer. He does a great job. And, you know, he just, and I don't know if you understand how much work it takes to be ready to do that week after week after week, to learn those songs exactly the way Landon and Alex want them to learn them. I mean, he's not just up there going and playing, doing what he wants to do. He's doing what he's supposed to do. And just that kind of heart, week after week after week. The kingdom of God runs on people who will serve the people of God in children's ministry, at check-in, greeters. We have great greeters. The Foytics show up week after week after week early. They usually beat me here early at the front door to, to meet people at the door. We have people who work in children's church in different areas. Uh, DeMarcus and Vicki Moore just give sacrificially. And it's, I, you know, I'm missing people. I, I, don't, I can't go over every list of every person. It's a lot of people every week. And, but that's how the kingdom runs. And God will help you mature if you serve. So that's the how we do it. We lay down our lives. Number three, what are the results of our love? What happens if we do it? In John chapter 13, Jesus said, A new commandment I give you. I've read this a couple of times, trying to get you to get it. That you love one another even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So what's it say? It's in the evidence that Jesus is who he says he is, is based on us loving each other. It's pretty important, isn't it? The evidence in the world so that the world will believe that Jesus is the Son of God that came to save them, that evidence is based upon you and I loving each other sacrificially. And if we love each other the way God's called us to love each other, it lays a foundation so that when the good news of the gospel is preached, people say, yeah, yeah, that's true. You know why that's true? Because I met some of those people. I met some of those people, and they love each other incredibly. John 17, 20, Jesus said, I don't ask. He's praying. We call this one of his high priestly prayers. He's praying to the Father on behalf of his disciples. He says, and I don't ask on behalf of these alone, but those who believe in me through their word. That's us. That they may all be one as you, Father, and, and are in me and I in you, and that they also may be in us so that the world may believe that you sent me. Come on, worship team. So our ability to effectively share the gospel of Jesus Christ is directly related to our ability to love one another. If we love one another, then the world readily believes our message. If we don't, the world rejects our message. It's so important. If we love each other, then people, when they hear the gospel, say, I believe that's true. The problem is today, people have seen there's so much division and anger and hatred among and in the body of Christ that when people hear the gospel, they think, uh, it's just another religion. It's just 
another group of people telling me how to behave. But if they see that it's about we love each other, it lays this foundation so that when they hear it, they say, that seems true. Because I met these people. Wow, let me tell you. I've seen how they love each other and how they care for each other. We're going to sing this last song. We'll come back. We're going to pray. Stand up. Please. Pretty please.